Moses, Elijah, Jesus. The big three. Each on a mountain having a personal, miraculous, amazing experiences in the presence of God. After Moses returned from receiving the Ten Commandments, the testimony of the commandments, he, his face, his skin is radiating like a light bulb. People see him and they, they're just completely terrified. He has to put a veil over his face. Elijah, well, he, he doesn't glow, but fiery chariots, fiery horsemen from heaven come down in a whirlwind and whisk him away. His protege, his, his prophet in training, Elisha, is crying out, My father, my father! And receiving then a double portion of the Spirit, may we also. But it is Jesus that brings us here today. Moses and Elijah are on that mountain. And Jesus, his clothes beam so brightly, a heavenly clothing garments him. And there the Father speaks. Every year, the Christian church gathers to tell this story of there on the mountain what happened. And, and Jesus changes from his, his street clothes in an instant to heavenly garments. And, and the Father proclaims, this is my Son whom I love. And then adds, listen to Him. Why do we tell this story year after year? putting it on the same level of the other stories that we tell every year. The, the Christmas story, uh, the passion, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. And then this, as if to say, if you are going to know Jesus in all of the fullness, you must also know this story too. Why? Well, everything changed with the coming of Jesus. The Old Testament now closes its entire book, and the New is already being written, a New Testament. And we live so long after these events that it's really hard for us to understand how much changed. Because until Jesus came, everyone was living under the laws of Moses, which had very strict requirements. Those testimonies that he brought down out of the mountain, they were more than just ten commandments. They were a bunch of rules of what you could eat and what you could not eat. You couldn't eat pork, and here's all the list of kosher and non-kosher things you could eat, touch, and things you couldn't. And it really set apart this people of God from the other nations who would gladly eat all of these things and more. And it wasn't just food. It was also the fabric of your clothes. You couldn't have a mixed fabric of cotton and other fibers like wool. No, it had to be 100% cotton or wool. And, and beyond fabrics, it, it was also, uh, you know, things like uh, the, the procedures of worship. You know, there's a lot of protocol in it. You couldn't just show up to church, even in your best clothes. No, you had to be ritually pure and clean which meant if you had touched something yucky the day before, you couldn't come into church. You had to take a ritual bath, you had to wait a certain amount of time, and then you could come in. Or, uh, and if you're coming to worship, you also had to make sure you had your animal with you. 
there are certain offerings that required animal sacrifices. Once a year, everyone had to buy a lamb. It's slaughtered, blood splattered against the altar, and then you ate the carcass. A whole family had to eat everything right there. If not, you had to burn what was left over. Two, two ram, two goats were brought on, on the Day of Atonement. One was released into the wilderness. Another was killed for the sins of the people. All of these rituals had procedures and rubrics and things to do the right way. And, and so the priest was there to help you. But you had to do your part too. And all of this system was in play until Jesus. Even things that were very personal like circumcision and, or the day of worship. Here we are on a Sunday, the first day of the week. Now think about it. This is one of the Ten Commandments. Honor, keep, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. What day is the Sabbath? It's the last day of the week. We're here on the first day. How can we just willy-nilly change everything? And, and none of us are really concerned at all about the regulations of Moses. Why is that? It's because of this mountain. Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, the whole Old Testament is represented right there on the mountain. And they will soon take their place under the reign and rule of Jesus. For the Father says, not only to Peter, James, and John, but to all, listen to Jesus. For he is soon making his way to another mountain, Mount Calvary, where he will become King of kings and Lord of lords. All authority in heaven and on earth will be given to Jesus, which means that all foods will now be permitted to be eaten. Why? Because He said so. And now we are permitted to worship on any day of the week, not just the Sabbath. And so we gather on the first day of the week. Now, why is that? Well, something pretty big happened on the first day of the week when the women went to the tomb, right? And the stone was rolled away. Every Sunday we gather as an announcement, the tomb is empty. Jesus has risen. Because... He has risen. Everything about the protocols and the rubrics of worship are done away with. We no longer have to bring animals because once and for all, the sacrifice has been made on the cross. And so radical were the changes. It took God's people a long time to figure it all out. And, and Paul, he did his best to help people. And he wrote a rather lengthy uh, description of now what has changed. And, I'm going to read just a little bit of it to you. It comes from Colossians chapter 2. Paul wrote to Christians who are struggling with this big change. He said, For in Christ, the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. When you see Jesus and, and he's been transfigured, he's not reflecting being in God's presence like Moses. He is demonstrating what is truly inside. And... In Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In Him, you were also circumcised. Uh, not with the putting off of the flesh, but putting off of the, the sinful flesh. Not with hands, but with Christ. Having been buried with Him in baptism, you have been raised with Him through your faith in the working of God. In other words, baptism is now the new way that God's people are brought into the promises that He gave to Abraham. The everlasting promises that I will be your God and you will be my people. 
It's no longer circumcision. But now for male and female, it is baptism. And, and why baptism? Because there God plunges us into death of the cross of Jesus and raises us with him in the resurrection. Everything changes. And it goes on. You were dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh. God made you alive with Christ. He has forgiven you all of your sins. Having canceled the, the charge of our legal indebtedness. Yeah, the, the laws of Moses put us in debt to God. But now it, it stood to condemn us, but he's taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This last little section, it's so important. I want you to read it with me. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Through the transfiguration, the Holy Spirit gives us eyes to see the divinity of Jesus and Moses and Elijah going into the background. Through the transfiguration, the Holy Spirit gives us ears to hear the Father declare, this is my beloved Son, and we also are bid to listen to Him. Through the transfiguration of Jesus, our course is set with Christ to Jerusalem, where He will be crucified, where all of the laws of Moses that stood opposed and against us, He will receive in His flesh the full penalty of our disobedience. But just as the prophets have proclaimed, by His stripes we are healed, by His wounds we are made at peace and reconciled with God, so they've also proclaimed, in three days, he will rise again. It is the transfiguration that is a foreshadowing of the resurrection of Jesus. And now we are his people. And what do his people do? But we listen to him. Now, we live in a culture where so many people want us to listen to so many other voices. And they say, well, why are you now not listening to Moses and Elijah, the prophets. Whole groups of Christians have broken away from what is, what is normal of listening to Jesus. And they say, no, no, you need to worship on the Sabbath because it's one of the Ten Commandments. You can't just willy-nilly change it. Well, we're listening to Jesus. And so we worship on any day and every day. Others would say, no, no, the, the laws of Moses say you can't, you can't just eat blood. That's, that's against the rules. That, that's Jehovah's Witnesses. It's like, no, no. We've been set free from all of this. Now, I'm assuming that neither of these problems are, are your problem. But you and I, we so long to embrace the rules of Moses and the laws of the prophets. Because it gives us a sense of outward rightness, a feeling that we're doing the right thing. And, and so we, we look to the things that we do, like you're in church today. You, you say your prayers. You try to be a good person. But the laws of Moses have never made anyone right with God. 
even during the days of Moses. Only God makes you right with God, and that through His mercy given in Jesus. We so long to go back to the rules because there we find a certain security because it's an outward appearance rather than a change of the heart, rather than a listening to Christ. Because to everyone else, we appear righteous and, and right and good, no matter what else is going on in our lives. I know we don't have a lot of experience with this, but uh, mobsters, uh, you know, gangsters, um, they're notoriously known for being, you know, very evil people, but very good to their mothers. <laughs> it's, it's just kind of known. And, and so you do all these horrible things, but you've got this other thing that you do really well, and it's a good thing. You and I can be very vicious to one another, very mean to our own families. We can cut each other off and all these different things, and yet feel very pious by the things that we do. We are bid by the Heavenly Father to listen to Jesus. While Moses and the prophets have made their way behind Jesus, they have not disappeared. They're still in force and in play, but for a very different reason. Why? Why do we still listen to Moses and Elijah? Well, we hear Jesus. He explains why. Remember, Jesus was asked, well, what are the greatest commandments? What should we really be doing? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength and all of your might, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. All of the law, all of the prophets are fulfilled in these commands to love God, love your neighbor. So as we listen to Jesus, as we live with him and in him, as baptized, forgiven, redeemed people, our hearts, our insides are directed by his word that speaks by the Spirit, a word of love for God and love for one another. And whether uh, the appearances are seen or not, here, our redeemed and our transformed lives will shine brightly one day when Jesus comes again. For Colossians goes on to say in chapter 3, when Christ returns in His glory, you too will appear in glory. This is our hope and our faith as we listen to Jesus. Amen.